Before we begin today's podcast, it is Giving Tuesday, and I would like to encourage those of you out there interested in participating in Giving Tuesday this year to go to foundation.iastate.edu. Again, that is foundation.iastate.edu, and consider giving to the Iowa State University Foundation. With a gift through Fund ISU on Giving Tuesday, you can give a student the lifeline they need to cross the bridge into their future as a proud Iowa State graduate. Did you know, this is heartbreaking, that nearly one in four Iowa State students is food insecure? Think about that. Many of them find themselves facing unimaginable choices between food and other expenses during their time. You can make a gift to the ISU Food Pantry, support fund through the Iowa State crowdfunding site, Fund ISU, and together we can work to ensure food security for all cyclones. I'm going to do that. I'm also going to give to veterinary medicine. Done that a lot in the past to vet school students who are in need. Uh, My wife went to vet med, so I'll be making my gift to there. Love to see what all you guys want to do and hope you consider. Let's get on with the podcast. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Road. Recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio. A uh, rare installment of the Williams and Bloom podcast coming to you on a Tuesday. We'll get to that in a moment. I want to thank our title sponsor, MechDine and the MechDine Corporation. They are a phenomenal company uh, full of phenomenal people, which is why we can bring you the Williams and Bloom podcast each and every week. Check them out at MechDine.com. I want to put you toward their career page. You heard our Thanksgiving special where we actually were at a Mechdyne company social and saw how awesome and, and tight-knit that company actually is for ourselves. Very cool. Uh, check them out at Mechdyne.com if you're looking towards 2023. And man, you want a new job, look around uh, Mechdyne.com. I also want to thank my friend Hope Wood. Uh, she is a She does wills. And she has her will in a day program. This is another thing where you know, you're getting towards the end of the year, New Year's resolutions, doing all that stuff. And you should really consider uh, doing this for your family uh, and, and getting a will. It's so amazing. Been out in Portland. Uh, I meet these Cyclone fans who are all my age. They've kind of grown up in this whole deal with me. And we are all like in the exact same stage of life. And talking with a, a new friend of mine about this specifically just the other night out in Portland and uh, getting a will is a really important thing for your family. You can do it with a great cyclone. Her name is Hopewood, hopewoodjd.com and uh, check out her will in a day program. With that, let's bring on Brent Bloom and uh, here will Tuesday installment of the podcast. All right. Are you still on West Coast time? I'm all over the place. No, I'm I'm getting back to normal. Yesterday was pretty messed up. Yeah, anytime uh, you get it back at five in the morning, six in the morning, yeah, just we, throws off the day. Yeah, but you know, it is what it is. How are you? I'm great. Fantastic. Good Thanksgiving. Yeah, I had a lot of French silk pie. A lot of French silk. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, busy, busy times right now yes. with Iowa State. Your full time job, I know, is it's interesting hopping right now. Right now it is, probably it is hopping, probably learning a lot uh, with the collective and whatnot. Uh, I guess we'll start with we'll do a little bit of football, get into basketball again. This is a midweek show, so it's a little bit different than compared to how we normally go at it. Um, the football offseason is rip-roaring. The Cincinnati job opened, which, of course, fueled Matt Campbell rumors and whatnot. Uh, we are, we're recording this at noon on Tuesday, and neither one of us have seen anything on the ground that would make us believe that Matt Campbell's not going to be at Iowa State next year. I don't want to waste the time talking about that because I think that at this point, there's no reason to talk about it, so why fuel any flames that aren't there? Right? Yeah, I agreed. I mean... 
it, I think, you know, you look at this and you go, well, why? And I think the programs are pretty comparable, really. It's so that then the question is, Cincinnati's jump to the Big 12, while is a boost for them financially, I do think they're going to have to take a step back in the short term as they readjust geographically how things stand. I'm sure Fickle going to Wisconsin, they'll lose some guys that will follow him. And so, the you know, the, 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 but the thing out there is it's in Ohio, and Matt and most of the staff is from Ohio. So it's, I'm sure that would be interesting. And Cincinnati has the chance, once they settle in, to, I think, want to be, be one of the top half programs in the Big 12. But you'd be leaving what you've already set up in a really strong foundation at Iowa State, despite the 4-8 record this year. Iowa State's got a lot of good things going for it. And so I think that's it, it's an interesting question. But, I, yeah, I'm not hearing anything that, to lead me to think that Campbell won't be the coach here next year. Yeah, I'm the same way. Uh, and then everybody moves to what is the offseason going to be like. Uh, have had a couple of transfer portals situations already. Yes. Deion Silas was the most notable one hopping into the portal yesterday. That one, to me, makes a lot of sense. I mean, he's always going to be behind Norton. Um, Brock clearly didn't have the type of year where he's going to be going pro yep, he'll be or back. anything like that. So, Dion, you're looking at a spot where he was going to be third or fourth string next year. So, and that, I think fans need to understand, like, the days of these guys waiting it out five years, and, and some of these cases are – dwindling and if there's an opportunity to go to a lower level and play you're going to see a lot of guys do that well yeah keep an eye on who leaves you you gotta be people entering the portal there's two kinds there's those that want to leave because they don't see a path to playing time and or being on the field and then there's the other ones which are leaving potentially for quote-unquote greener pastures Mm -hmm. that's a different situation correct i think we'll see a lot of the former Mm-hmm. Where guys that either they're not they, they're not seeing the path, or maybe they'll they'll go down a level, or whatever that means, or you'll see that. But that don't take that as an indictment of, oh, everyone's jumping off the the wagon here. Uh, now, I, I still feel pretty comfortable and confident with the uh, the guys the pri- the priority guys for Iowa State going forward, and those are the ones you have to keep an eye on, and those are the ones that, that are a focus for everybody right now. Yeah, there was a difference last year between Aishim Young and Craig McDonald and some of those other guys. Right. Um, I don't even remember uh, the names uh, at this point, but you, you yeah, know what I mean. Yes, absolutely. And the it, guys that went to like Florida A&M. And- yeah, even the um, skates, like the wide receiver who ended up at Memphis, really didn't do anything for, for them in that program this year. It, interesting point you make there on both skates and McDonald. So Aishim played and started for Mississippi. Yep. Had a probably, you know, equal year to his time at Iowa State. He had a good year. He had it a wasn't, good year. It wasn't yeah. a great year. It's yeah. not gonna be, he's not going to be all SEC. Craig McDonald played like four plays at Auburn. Yeah. He was a potential starter at Iowa State. Well, I think he, I mean, maybe he, maybe that was a deal. Like we, we had heard last year about these, the secondary and these guys and, and, and Freeler was really breathing down the neck of young. Yep. He got, I'm assuming some money and ended up at a spot where whatever I, the, the McDonald deal yeah, like, who knows? Like, maybe he didn't want to compete for whatever that was. I, I have no idea. But yeah, but yeah. he ended up not even playing. Yeah. And so that's being talked about in the uh, football complex right now. Of Okay, yeah, you can Yeah, you can probably – schools like Auburn have the resources. It was reported two weeks ago. They have $14 million to spend. It's the reason why they got a new AD and, and Hugh Freeze now because they have one of the biggest war chests available to spend. But – that doesn't mean, I mean, at the end of the day, just because you're getting paid isn't the best, isn't the end-all be-all. And, and I think uh, some of those Iowa State guys are having these decisions right now. Sure, we can have, the, the, you have option A, maybe make a little money, or you stay here. And long-term for some of these guys, the NFL is still going to supersede any type of, of college NIL deal. Yeah. Okay. So, but yeah, no, anyway, long story short, a lot, a lot, this will be an interesting seven to ten days. But on the player side, you're going to see some portal activity. This won't be the end of it, but I also I, I, I feel okay with where Iowa State's at. To be determined. Okay. Yeah, like, I don't even want to get into too much football because I think it's all going to change in the next 24 hours, 48 hours. Like it, I think that we're at a really fluid spot. Yeah. And Especially like with like coaching moves and stuff like that. One, I don't know. I, I, 
here, here's the thing. It's like you can all watch the games and be like, oh, well, if you're going to make a change, then the offensive line would probably be a good place to start. You can add pieces to that. Like Matt Campbell's not – like I heard from a, a couple of really good sources yesterday that they the coaches hadn't heard anything yet. I'm mm-hmm. guessing Matt's like taking some time to figure this thing out on his own right. Which direction do I want to go? Like it – there's just not a lot of like solid information and, and I guess it happens fast. And I guess when it does, it's like, boom, there's a release and then here it is. Yeah. So a couple things to keep in mind, the December signing day is coming up. Yes. And kind of the, the thought is that you may wait to announce anything until you get those guys. Makes signed. sense. Yeah. Because you don't want to add another question mark. And they all recruit. And so they all recruit yeah. even yeah, Everybody recruits. Everybody has t- guys that they recruited. And they have those relationships. That's one thought. And then you're still pretty early in, in the stages. In, in the past, Iowa State now has been in a bowl game, et cetera. But usually moves haven't been announced until January. Now, I think, I think if when, when moves will be made and there'll be some sort of adjustments, you'll hear it. I'm guessing it'll be after December signing day. Uh, a couple things to keep in mind, though. You, you, offensive line situation, I think everybody agrees that you probably needs... There's something that could be done there. It needs to be better. The special teams thing is interesting. Mm-hmm. Because I've seen a couple of arguments, right? Like, well, I would say this is the time. Like, got to hire that coordinator. Got to figure. I know you and Hassel have the running joke. Well, the analyst is doing it. Yeah. <laughs> the problem is you only have 10 on-field assistant coaches. So I've seen some people say, hey, you need you, you got to hire you got to hire a dedicated special teams coordinator. And then the same person will say, and you really can't have Nate Shieldhouse coaching both running backs and wide receivers. Mm-hmm. You can't have both mm-hmm. because if you only have ten, you got to take it away from someone somewhere. And where is that? Where do you detract from? I mean, do you want to do you want to mess with the defense right now? It was arguably the best defense in Iowa State history. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You want to demote somebody there? I I don't think you'd want to do that. So then, when you're on the offensive side, well, you can't take away some more responsibility from somebody else mm-hmm. and make the, so. It's an interest. This is. It's going to be a, a kind of a. It's a. It's a whole program wide view here, and that's why it's not going to be like an instant. Okay, here's what we're doing, because I think you're going to have several moving parts as Iowa State strategically looks at what makes sense going forward, and we'll see. I think it'll tell us a lot of where this program thinks its weaknesses are, what they can do, but I'm on the optimistic side. The defense was great. You can look at that TCU game. Matt said it after the game. It's like, I get it. It was a tough spot. We were, they got hit with a haymaker right away. It was just kind of like, man, here we go. It was mm-hmm. almost a no-win situation then at that point. And TC was playing for everything, and it got away from him. But I don't think you can track from the, the defense's performance all year. And I still f- feel really good about what that side of the ball will look like. But the offense, figure something out, something different. And, and what I'll say is, I was just thinking about this the past couple of days. I think it'll be interesting to see what where, what direction Iowa State goes in that. Does Matt still think his system, the ball control, bigger tight end, as you put it yesterday, which I thought was a good point, be the most physical team in the Big 12 version, you know, the northernmost team version? Do they stick with that? Do they stick with that three tight end thing? Or do they go somewhere else and try and, try and zag after they've zigged? I think Matt, you know, We'll do what it, it takes to be successful. And so I think from a philosophy standpoint, what do they do? Do they keep it the same and just find, uh, you know, rearrange things? You know, get, maybe you, you find more, uh, some offensive linemen in the portal, whatnot, or do you completely change your philosophy? It'll be something to watch. Yeah, I mean, I'm totally fine with that philosophy. And I actually, I think I prefer it, to be honest. I think it can work. Yeah. If you, they just, you need, you can't be bad on the offensive line and do that. You still you got to run the ball then. Correct. And they like, didn't run the ball. You can do that if you can run the ball. If, yes. you, if you can't run the ball, then you got to go. So, but that's you, like, I, I, and I get it when people are watching them run for 1.5 yards per carry and they're like, okay, it's time to try something new. I understand and I agree with you. But I'm saying program-wide. Like, I don't think it's a it, bad approach here. It's a bigger... It, just making a simple change, it's a bigger conversation because if you just alter your system, like we've talked about during the year, then you go to a different tempo, which alters the defensive setup and the whole complimentary football thing. It's, so it's, the, the point is, this isn't just a, hey, make a quick phone call, get somebody else in, and we're going to change what we do. This is a program-wide evaluation why it's going to take a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to see them all of a sudden 
you know, trying to play like Mike Leach, Texas Tech. Like that's no, that to me isn't. You can do that. <laughs> no, either. that's an extreme, obviously. But I, I again, like I, I think it can work. We've seen it work. But you have to be able to run, and you have to take care of the football, and you can't be that bad on special teams. Like if yep. you're going to do that, there you go. You have to be able to kick field goals. You have to be able to, right? Like, and they can't do any of that right now. It's it's obvious, but I'd say some priority areas. And, you know, obviously it hasn't been super active late, in the past in the portal, but I think you'll see more activity this year. Offensive line, I think another receiver, and I do think a running back. I think Iowa State will go after a running back, but then also a kicker. Iowa State will try and get a, uh, a transfer kicker. Go get the best FCS kicker. Well, I mean, play. there's... You'll, so those those four spots, I think you'll definitely see activity for Iowa State in the portal. The kicker that, that, thing's nothing weird. has happened like, yet. I don't even think Gilbert's like bad. I I think that it all got in his head, and I, you can't blame him. For sure. I mean, for he sure. was kicking like flush kicks there. I you know in the middle of the year. Yeah, like I just I don't know what happened, but all I know is like for the way they want to play, the way I think that they should play, you can't be that bad there. And then uh, it the, screws with everything. It, it screws with your defense. It screws with your play calling. It screws with everything. And then offensive line and t- I'd say offensive line and tight end go together. I would say it's been so good at tight end. Yeah. The past couple of years, but it was Sainer and Kohler and Allen. I think it might have masked some of the O line issues. And then we don't have that same level of guy to run the two, three tight end sets. Everything gets blown up. And it makes yeah, it, it does worse. feel like Allen may be that piece that. Nobody we talks didn't about. Yeah, didn't count for as much it. because you know he didn't catch a ton of passes. The production wasn't visible. Yeah, but like, that's a really good point when you look at the running game specifically out on the edge. How good he was blocking. He was he was fantastic, and I think Iowa State thought they could plug and play there and couldn't. Mm-hmm. Those guys will get better. I mean, obviously it was pretty young at tight end. Russ is gone now. It's you got to figure out if we do the same style. You better hope for some growth from a more and a Burkle, and some of those young tight ends, maybe bring in a couple tight ends. I think that's a possibility, too, if you stay with that system. Or if you don't, and if you go more contemporary, three wide, four wide, then you're going to need a couple more receivers. So the, again, these, so the first got to figure out what you want, what you want to be as a program, so coaches, alignment, everything, and then the portal will come in after that. I just don't think Matt goes away from the complimentary football I, thing. I, I, really, I really don't. I and, don't either. And people listening can make their own judgments with that. I'm just knowing the man, talking football with the man, covering him for, what, eight years now. It seems like that's his philosophy on how to win here. And they have. Now, clearly you've hit a pretty big, decent-sized bump in the road, and this is a like a pinnacle moment for him at Iowa State. And we're going to look back on this moment in five years. One way or another. Man, that was genius. That offseason, or that was a really tough one. So you look at the Rhodes era, right? Yep. Are you going Messingham here? Yes. I've already thought about this. Yeah. So Herman leaves. Yep. And kept it in the family with Messingham. Didn't work at all. No. I mean, it went the wrong way. And then you went totally radical on the next hire. Which, with, looking back now, is a total desperation. Which heave. was with Mangino, yeah, and the whole thing combusted, like just blew up. So there, so there's, those are the two sides of the risk here, though. Yeah, you keep it in the family and say, oh well, we can just tinker, we can kind of maneuver around the edges. I'd like to see him or, bring in a couple of outside guys, just because I'm a big believer in any organization that having fresh ideas is a good thing. Yes, just and I'm not saying go radical. I'm just saying, but that, but the risk is is the Mangino risk yes. of somebody who they gave complete autonomy to and he brought the whole ship down. Seems like a poor idea to me. Yeah. <laughs> the fat lady is singing now, as Mangino would say. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't I don't see something that rather that's what I'm saying. No, but yeah, yeah I, Matt's some, not gonna do something that. Something middle of the road potentially there. Yeah, I and w- what does bringing in an outsider even mean? Does that mean like because bringing in another Mount Union guy or like, you know. Like Is that it, an outsider, right? I, no, like, but I, I'm a believer in bringing in different philosophies to have the conversation. Hey, well, have you considered this? Like, even if like, you know, because everybody wants the offensive coordinator fired. That's been the case with football ever since talk radio existed. Time, right? Yeah. 
Well, let's say hypothetically Tom Manning is the offensive coordinator next year. Well, you have a new line coach and whoever, running backs coach, whatever. I just think when you're when your offensive meeting room is together to have guys who have seen different things Something that haven't been said. in that wall. Yeah. Who could be like, well, hey, we did this at when in my three years at Michigan State. We should have you considered using Easton Dean like the or, you know what I mean? Absolutely. That's that's where I want to see them go. Well and and people I think have this misconception that Matt's stuck in his ways and isn't going to change. I don't, that is not like look at yeah. look how he re redid the defense on a whim in seventeen. Look how he altered the strength coach. Look I mean he I don't I, really get that. I think the next ten days for him are it's a soul searching but also a reval a healthy reval reevaluation period of what's gonna work here. I've seen what has worked, I've seen what hasn't worked. Yeah. What does it look like over the next two to three years? Last thing for me on this, and, you know, with, with my Iowa Everywhere show with Hassel and stuff, we, we do a lot of, like, on the two programs and the similarities and stuff like that. I think that the, there's a big difference here um, because this is Matt's first, like, real hardcore adversity. Of course, you face adversity every year. This is the first off season where there's like doubt about his tenure or whatever. When fans are breathing down your neck where you didn't have yes, a successful did. season prior. Right. Maybe last year, that was a disappointing year with all you had coming back. Sure. But it wasn't like a disaster. You still won seven games for only the... And they were really time. close. Right? Yeah. It's like, oh, well, this thing goes if, different. Like, right? Correct. Like to me, you could you, you had to talk your way through last year. Yeah, I just think that man, I, I just read some of this stuff, and I, I probably shouldn't too much, but it's just like this guy literally won a Fiesta Bowl, however many years ago. He's he's taken the program to heights that I didn't even think were possible. I I literally was quoted once saying I never thought that in this version of the Big Twelve that Iowa State could win a Big 12 championship in football because of the setup with the round robin mm-hmm. and all that. Well, they were a couple plays away from it, mm-hmm. right? So, like, to me, like, I'm just – my whole take on the whole thing this offseason is I'm trusting Matt. If if that means he's like, hey, we're going to move some things around, but I'm still going to have Tom Manning as my coordinator, I'm going to trust him. If it's – right, like – yeah. It, it, I think he deserves that from Iowa State's fan base based on what he has done. And it is also very natural in college football at developmental programs to hit a rut in years five to seven. You see it all the time. The key is, what do you do then? And we're about to find out. Well said. I completely agree. I think that's the... Thought about it a lot. That's where I I end up on. I just think that's the common sense approach of... You know, you can be absolutely have every right to be disappointed and disgusted with one and eight, but also realizing that success isn't always a straight line up and there's going to be these bumps in a road. And uh, I think Matt has earned the benefit of the doubt for this offseason. And I, I, I don't think he'll stand pat. I got a, a buddy of mine, uh, Ray, over at Farm Story Meats, farmstorymeats.com. We did sell him some turkeys for Thanksgiving. So that was yeah, great. Right. Yep, yep. This is cool. I was meeting with another one of our uh, advertisers the other day and I was telling her about farmstorymeats.com and and this woman was just like blown away by by how cool it is. I'd like you all to look into this right now. They so they have bundles that you can buy. Uh, there's a Christmas one. It's called Classy Christmas. You get a couple of steaks, you get a pound of bacon, you get a bunch of uh, chops, uh, all sorts of stuff in it. There's one for if you want to give uh, your company workers, uh, you can you can oh, give them a box of farm story meat. That's a great idea. Cause yeah, it's, who doesn't love a box of meat? Uh, I love it. There's holiday hams, which I'm gonna I'm gonna buy one of these from Ray uh, as we look towards the uh, summer sauce, all sorts of cool stuff. Farm story meats. Why did Why did you bring this up when I haven't had lunch yet? This I know I'm in problem. The, I'm in I'm in the same boat. But consider them for all of your uh, holiday needs. Iowa State kid. I uh, probably didn't like being called a kid. He's a he's a young man now, but he's a kid to me. A really neat company. Uh, another one, a shout-out to my friend Jeremy Danielson and Danielson Law. Uh, DanielsonLaw.com. If you are a buyer or seller, they do real estate law. He and his wife, uh, Jeremy, I've known him for a really long time. 
and he's wanting to get his name out there. Th- here's the thing. If, even if you're not moving now, I'd like you to keep Jeremy and his wife, Sarah, in your mind if you ever get to that point to handle all the legal documents and all that stuff uh, when it comes to buying and selling a house. Danielsonlaw.com. It's D-A-N-I-L-S-O-N law.com. Uh, basketball goes two and one in Portland. I got to be honest. I was more disappointed in how the women's championship game ended than anything that (laughs) happened out there. I was just, I was doing men's pregame and I, you know how big of a fan I am of the women. Uh, I know. And just watching that. I don't even know if I call it a meltdown. North Carolina couldn't miss a shot. And then we couldn't make one. Um, but God, they were so much better than North Carolina lose that game. So the women go one and one, the men go two and one with one of the great wins in the history of Iowa state basketball against number one, North Carolina. What were your thoughts from afar? Just, uh, start with the men, a phenomenal weekend. I mean, I think it proves that this style works and will continue to work against the best teams. And, Certainly, the UConn game proves that if you're not making shots, it's going to be a problem all well, year. That and I would add too, you just you got to hope you get officiated in well, a right type of style. Y- yes, I'm not saying part of it. this isn't bitching this about isn't the officials. That you got to. My, my point is, if issue. you get guys who are going to call it tight, that greatly decreases Iowa State's chances of a win. Nope, you're dead on. I looked it up. It was the most foul calls in a first half of an Iowa State game since 2010. I, wow. didn't, I didn't look back beyond that because I was like, whatever. So they, that, you're right. They have a Huggins-type mindset. Like, we're going to keep doing You can't call everything. Honestly, when you're not as talented, and I say that respectfully, yeah. on the offensive end, that's, you should do that. And how many games... I'd, here you go. You should do this. I would. You or Andringa need to look into this. When they were good, like on their run last year. Yeah. The fouls, the foul discrepancy, first half compared to second. I would, mm. I would bet you money. Why do you think TJ's like players do not respond to officials? Let me handle it. It's a psychology thing. He did that podcast with me in the summer, and we talked about this in depth. And I saw it firsthand this weekend, specifically in the North Carolina game. That game shifted big time at halftime on how it was officiated, and that UConn game. It's like it, they got into a point in the first like eight minutes where the whole team was in foul trouble. Yeah, you, you, I would say it's not built to survive that. Yeah, no, I agree. I think you, you got to keep the style. The style is what's going to make oh, Iowa State, and I think it's perfect for Iowa State fans. It, <laughs> you know what? I it, even in the second half. You're waiting like, okay, is, is UConn going to get worn down now? Yeah. And it, it didn't. Credit UConn. UConn really impressed me. Dude, they might be the best team in the country right well, now. Well, like the, the the big guy came out of nowhere. Klingon. Klingon. Yeah. And then the the Carabin kid was one of TJ's yeah. first targets. Kling, yeah, Carabin was one of the first guys that they – Kling or Carabin, um, our premium subscribers know this because I wrote a lot about him. I, he idolizes George Niang. Yeah. George Niang is his, his favorite guy. player in the world. Uh, he's a Massachusetts kid, so he almost came to Iowa State. Uh, ended up staying out closer to home and, and playing for Dan Hurley out there. But it, then the other one is Tristan Newton. Yeah, who I made was, a couple of huge shots in that game. Iowa State UConn. recruited him. Uh, JR did a little bit, and okay. I thought that they, I think that they thought it probably wasn't going to be the best fit for either side, and he ended up getting the UConn offer and, and, and jumped on that. But yeah. But, but I think they actually kind of picked Jeremiah Williams over him for stylistically. Okay, In- interesting. And Jeremiah's going to be a really good player. I mean, that's the thing you're... God, he's Iowa a State, good kid, too. The, how, how impressive Iowa State was against some good programs without Jeremiah. And then Trey King still isn't eligible until, yep. what, December 18th, 19th, something yep. like that? Yep. So you're missing two rotation pieces, technically. So I, I think Trey will help offensively. There's no question in my mind. I don't know where he slots in from a rotation standpoint, because I've been blown away by two people, Taman Lipsy yes. and Rob Jones. Dude. Those two have completely transformed my expectations for this year because you go from, eh, I don't know about the bench, to you're pretty comfortable with eight, nine guys. I told now. TJ after the game against North Carolina, and I think I mean it, Rob Jones... It one for five from the field, <laughs> getting that one to fall and flexing on Armando Baycott incredible. was a top five moment of my life. 
Okay. Because if you know Rob, yeah, he meant it too. So a few <laughs> things from that. One, uh, was he was in Baycott's head. Oh, but, but yeah, Rob gets. No, it, yeah. it was one of the, I actually, I thought of you because you said this on the pod a couple weeks ago where it's just like, it's almost annoying. annoying. Yes. Yes. Jones um, was talking so much shit to Baycott that whole game. Baycott at the end of that game, he wanted nothing to do with that. And then Shun will get after a little bit too. Yeah, but Baycott, there's a play in the last like minute where it felt pretty good Iowa State was going to win. And they just, they'd run down the shot clock. Baycott is like six, seven feet away from the hoop in the right corner. And he didn't even like try. He just like threw the ball up. It, it was, he was done. And apparently he, I, I, I heard that Baycott was really frazzled by Jones. I don't like not intimidated, just annoyed. <laughs> and there was a point in the game where he actually said to the bench and pointed at Oshun and he goes, put that guy in <laughs> is what I heard. So I, that game was legendary in uh, being grill. And then I, Jaron Holmes with five of the best minutes in the history of Iowa State basketball. So yeah. Playing with four fouls. Yep. And that was just a really a freaking all-timer. entertaining basketball game. Cause I thought they were dumb when they got down 50 to 43. It the, looked like Carolina was going to stretch its legs at that point and talent was going to win out. But then toughness, the hard work overcame it. You're right on great. Jones and he's making shout out. I'm assuming Kyle green does, and whoever's doing the post work and that they've done between Rob's hard work and the coaching that they've been able oh. to put forth towards that kid. He is, he's making moves or he not even capable of even thinking about him a year ago. Right. And it's not as if he's Hakeem Olajuwon, but it's not. Remember last year, he would get the ball at the high post and it was like a hot potato. Like, get it, get away from me. Now he's at least turning and looking at the basket. I think at one point in the Nova game, maybe he actually put it on the floor and, and drove in from the high post. He I'm actually like, has holy, like post. Holy cow. Yeah. What is he doing? And then you say Lipsy. Um, he impressed oh, me, he, I think, the most yes. against Villanova when he did not play well. Uh, and you're thinking. Okay, the freshman's hitting high major competition. Here we go. Yep. Um, and has the wherewithal because of foul trouble to be in there at the end of the game to make the free throws the way that he did. Then he comes out and plays the two best games of his career against North Carolina and freaking UConn. Yeah, both top ten teams. I felt I feel so much better about Iowa State's program going forward in three days, which is weird to say, but Taman's only a freshman. It's and, and I don't think you have to worry about a Tyrese Hunter situation. No. Uh, plus, Robert Jones, you know, I think the one question you look at next year is, okay, well, what about the post depth? Is you, you're going to lose, you'll lose Shoon. Um, you know, what else do you have? Uh, Robert Jones can come back, mm. which people kind of forget about. He's got the COVID year. Yeah. So... When you start looking, you look probably at this year. Probably not going to be an NBA prospect. Nope, so. probably not. So, but if you start looking at this year, yeah, I, th- I would say it's in the rank, ranked in the top twenty-five, which is really cool, by the way. Now, but I think you start to target of man, how special next year when you add in such the infusion of talent. I think Trey King's got another year left. An elite shooter. Yep. Um, you're going to lose Holmes, and you lose Oshun. You lose Gabe. So again, you're, you're going to replace quite a bit of your core. But the, the, the growth, the foundation from even last year when you were concerned about this year and, until next year, I feel really good about where Iowa State's at with, with the pieces it has now and is going to be adding to in the future. And they're in on some big-time guys in the, in the next class as well. So TJ's got it going. He's got it going right now. I think the biggest positive from the weekend, other than Lipsy, because the point guard thing was clearly going to be it that you talk about, is that Holmes – I. I was a little indifferent on him going out there. Sure. I thought he was going to be a good player. I didn't. I thought he would lead him in scoring. I mean, he's hitting close to 40% from three. Yep. He's been dying. And he showed against the best talent in the country that he belongs on that stage. Great point. And I didn't know about that going out yep. there. Because it wasn't I, too big for him. I kind of thought, I, I honestly, the first couple games was kind of like, oh, man, like he can't handle the ball. He's not great on defense. Like, I, And he. I think it was a coming out party for him to have an all Big Twelve type of like first team all Big Twelve type year. 
Great point. Looked so much more confident. I, yeah, I was the same thing against IUPUI. He turned it over three times in the first four minutes. You're going, oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. It almost felt to me like when Iowa State tried Jake Sullivan at point guard during oh, I one of these stages yeah. years, it's like, this this is not going to work. But he's he's gotten more comfortable. And the fact that Taman is now a legitimate point guard and can handle it, you feel okay if Jaron only has to play 10 minutes at that spot rather than 25. Everything just feels better. And you're, when you get Trey King back, you're going to have a nine-man rotation, maybe 10. Then you have Gabe and Caleb, who I think that if between the two of them, hopefully you get something. Well, I, they're they're going to be up and down. Yep. Like I, I think we know who these guys are now. And like Gabe, man, if you get Villanova, Gabe, you have one of the best guards in the Big Twelve. If you get another Gabe, then it could be a long night, but he still will defend. And Caleb, there's a reason he's playing almost forty minutes a game because yeah, he's he, gotten he, so much better on defense, and he plays his ass off. He does, and you hope he runs into. A, He's not going to do that again, probably. Probably not. But that was one of those out of world experiences. When you he's he's got to I think for Iowa State to be successful though, he can't be all or nothing. It has to be. There's got to be a little bit of medium in there. Even if he would shoot thirty five percent, but more more on the, you know, just keep him out of seven, three for eight, something like that. Yeah. You don't need six for nine or six for eight, but you also can't have zero for eleven either. So what I and and you watch him in practice and in, in pregame, he makes everything. So he, I don't know what it is, but same with Gabe. Like I, you got to have I, Iowa he, State is three hundred thirtieth in the country right now in three point percent. You realize how hard he plays, though. I mean, he's got yeah, absolutely during the second. The, that one shot, uh, Darren Hanson uh, was the color guy for me. Yep, the old Omaha coach. Yeah, I hope people realize how great of expertise you're getting this you, year. You guys did a really nice job. He's smart man did you meet bill walton i did meet bill walton you want to hear a great bill walton (laughs) story Uh, it's it's actually really funny uh hold on oh darren Darren hansen sorry when caleb turned around he said on the broadcast it was perfect he goes that was a reggie miller move (laughs) at the end of that carolina game where he just was like fading away like it was just insane um so we're at shoot around for villanova and you guys Trying to put it when you're with the team, it's like a traveling circus. Mm-hmm. You got your managers and all these like bags of equipment. You got the players, the coaches are doing their thing, and then the you have like the uh, support people, like yep. your yeah, like, like Walters and Hafter are part of this. Yep. Um, They're on the plane, yeah, like whatever. So you walk in, and it's like, oh, there's a new circus in town here for a shoot around. And Iowa State walks in, and I'm trying to find where I'm broadcasting from. Yeah, because okay, so there's I, the technical part. Of, like yeah. we gotta make sure all the equipment. I'm works. testing out equipment. Yeah. That's all I can think about, and it's actually a very stressful 45 minutes when you're the radio guy because you have to get set up, tested, torn down. Like it's a you don't have a lot of time for this. And all of a sudden, I hear this guy going to me, "You workman." <laughs> and I'm so Ryan Workman is the <laughs> sports information director at Iowa State, and right. you workman. And it's Bill Walton, like, yelling at me. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm not. Where's Workman? I go, I don't I don't know, sir. What I go, I'm with Iowa State. Can I help you with something? He goes, yeah. And he was very friendly. He asked me my name. We shook hands. And I said, yeah, big fan, Mr. Walton. You do a good job. Whatever. And for what it's worth, too, it's I'm beyond wrong. the point where I'm starstruck by these people. I was just like, what do you need? Yeah, what do you need, do you have Bill? What, what do you, you need, need, Bill? I, I need to talk to an assistant coach so I can get insight on the team, okay? And he points at Nate Schmidt. He goes, who's that guy? <laughs> and I go, that's an assistant coach, Coach Schmidt. He goes, I want him. <laughs> and then he goes to me, he goes, I like the young ones. They'll give you more. So I'm like, Schmitty. (laughs) And he looks at me. I go, Mr. Walton would like some time with you. So I'm playing sports information (laughs) director. Other duties as assigned. Well, little do people know, like, Schmitty's probably the most shy assistant coach in Power 5 college basketball. Well, Schmitty comes up, and, like, he's being very polite. It's Bill Walton. And he's like, I got to run practice. Can I get you somebody else? So then KG, Kyle Green, sat with Walton for about 30 minutes and talked with him. But it was... (laughs) It was. Are you workman? You workman. Sounds like a Seinfeld episode. That so there you go. I had a. So I, had, I did have a run in with Bill Walton. I would say, based on Twitter, 
80% anti-Walton on the call on, on Sunday. He's not exactly like rural Iowa. No. Like, you know, like I get it. I my mother and I love him, but my mother in law texts me, Who the hell is this guy? I'm like, Long story. It's Bill Walton. Google him. Yeah. And then they were doing all this stuff, like for him coming back to Portland. Oh, that's yeah. where he played yeah, he a was, lot of years. He, it was and some sort so of broadcast. On the big board, like during timeouts, they would go, like, Where's Walton? <laughs> and they had done a. Sent like a TV crew with him, and he was all over Portland. Yeah, they did. They showed it on TV. Oh, they were doing that on TV too. Okay, it was. Yeah, I like. He's I said making it. marijuana references in every one of them. I can do Walton for one Iowa State game a year, and now we're done with him. We hope. Yeah, you're much more of a technical broadcast. No, I actually I enjoyed it. I'm yeah. sitting there chuckling. It actually made the second half a little more tolerable because the game was you know largely out of hand in the final five minutes, and yeah, Bill's just being Bill. But uh, yeah, no, I it, super encouraging on on the women's side. Man, a bummer. It's one you're going to look back on and go. I hope that's not the difference between a one and a two seed or a two and a three seed. You know, when you get to that point, <laughs> probably shouldn't be. But man, you that, just don't know. They were better. Than they that were team. better. And and Suarez was so good. I said she I think she's the most everything. talented post Iowa State's ever had, and I got some pushbacks with, with some people about Angie Welly. I'm like, I understand. Yeah. I listen. Angie was way more productive. What I'm saying is what Suarez can do at six foot six and a half. Absolutely, is is has never been seen before at Iowa State. I mean, she's an eraser defensively too. Well, they've she, never. I mean, like yes. the only one I can compare her to in the Finley era since I've been around covering them, which Welly was before. So I'm not. Yeah, was Anna Prince, but she was. She wasn't a physical no, presence in there. No, it was the first time watching Iowa State game. I said, "Oh my gosh." Iowa State actually has people, someone you're afraid of when you go inside. Correct. Like North Carolina at times is like, nope, not going in you there. I remember all the games too against like Texas and Baylor in the last four years where it's just like, oh, okay, Jones is going to back it into the post and hope she gets fouled. Like that, right? That's kind of what you get. Or hope she can kick it out and Lexi's open or whatever. And like Suarez changes everything. It, it, she does. And I think that's what Iowa State still has to learn. Like it's only game six. How do you work her in with the pre-existing formula that has worked for Iowa State women's basketball? Because there was at times, I thought, in that fourth quarter, Iowa State really struggled where your shooters were afraid to shoot and almost were you know, deferring to Suarez in the post. Where if Iowa State's going to be successful, it still has to start with a three ball. And you got to have Donarski and Ryan and Jones. And it, Jones wasn't the problem. I mean, she's going to shoot when, whenever she wants to. But those two specifically, Ryan and Donarski, and even Fritz, if you're open, shoot the ball. Yeah, Fritz is and, good, too. I think I, I, this, the ceiling is still way high. Iowa State, in my opinion, was better. It's a loss that won't kill you, but it also, you know, if you're fighting for a one seed, maybe it'll matter at the end. I do think, though, you got to figure out, final quarter, what's the offense situation? Are you, who's your go-to player? Because at times, Iowa State's deferred too much to Jones, now you have Suarez in the post too, but yet you don't want to just take away your shooting ability and pack in the post either, because that reduces your 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 uh, your advantages on the perimeter. Well, they um, I did I did learn that uh, Miss Suarez has a little sister. I like the sound of that. She's six foot one and still growing. So I thought uh, put that in the back of your mind. Rebecca Lobo did a great job in giving kudos to Suarez as well. I think I think Lobo is one of the best. Um, analysts out there. Yeah, just I didn't lose. A, it was a 180 from Lobo to Walton. I'll just say that. Yeah. Uh, real quick, gravitatecoworking.com. Check them out uh, for uh, this. Could be a, a gift for yourself. Yeah, Keep it on the, a, Give yourself get, a get yourself a membership to gravitatecoworking.com where you can, uh, you know, be more productive. That's the whole point. You go to this place and there's other people who are just like you. They are. Uh, either they work from home or they don't have an office. You know, you, you want a separate place. You can get anything from a mailbox to a full office to a floating seat. They got coffee and they got beer. Check them out at gravitatecoworking.com today. You know what I'm learning about working from home? What's that? I miss people. Yeah. Like, you, yeah. you legitimately, you, you, you miss human interaction. Well, and you, you can come work at our office. I could just come work with you. Yeah, and I, I haven't been in our office much because I've been so okay, freaking just... busy the last two weeks. This time of year, man, 
Um, it's just nuts. Silly season. Have you looked at college football championship game odds yet? I did see the Big 12 one, and I was surprised. Quick shout out to our friends at Webwise. We, we're still doing, you still pick them? I love it. Well, Season's not over yet, right? We don't even necessarily have to pick them here. We can just kind of go over them. Yeah. Webwise Solutions, my good buddies up in Mason City, they've built a bunch of websites for me, and they're absolutely phenomenal people. They are nutty, diehard Cyclones up in Mason City. So Love try it. webwise.com. Uh, okay. My Green Wave just lost our head coach. Georgia Tech. Tough one. I feel like he's better than that job. But I know they can pay. Well, yeah. I hear something I that just that just came out that might happen. Okay. Deion Sanders to USF. Really? Mm-hmm. So people are reporting that they think it'll happen. Interesting. Which, if you're Dion, do you go to USF or do you go to Colorado? USF. I think so too. There's not. I, I wouldn't say the regulations are the same at those two places. Yeah. I mean, uh, academia. And absolutely, I go to. Dion's going to get a. He's getting a. Yeah. Bigger job this carousel. Okay, uh, we've got Akron and Buffalo in the MAC championship game. Mo Linquist made the. Yep. He's getting tossed around with Cincinnati. I actually. saw that. Oh, head, head co- oh, old secondary coach for Iowa State. Um, Akron and Buffalo. Zips and uh, Mo. I'd say Buffalo minus two. Minus twelve. Holy cow! You better be betting on Akron. I haven't seen any. Ma- I, I honestly, I feel bad. I've not seen any action. Buffalo's a 12-point favorite? Yep. What are we doing? North Texas at Texas San Antonio for the Conference USA title. Oh, UTSA, I love this game. seven and a half. Love this game. Uh, eight and a half. That's a pretty good guess right there. Pac-12, Utah, USC. Oh. Huge I'm, playoff implications. Yeah. USC, four. Three. I like Utah. Okay. You've been on them. I I do. I I like Utah. Kansas State, TCU, Big 12. I saw this. Two two and and a half. half. What do you think about that? Interesting. I would play TCU. They just looked. They just are the best team. Yeah. You know, I was impressed. Obviously, Doug didn't get to see attention. What I think makes them is the running back. He's really good. Super physical. Just keep doubting them. You know, like, I. I would play TCU I just, in that game. I'm, yeah, I'm not buying K-State. Do we want to? We want TCU to I'm win I'm confused. That, right? Do we have, like, two MAC games? Because I'm also seeing... I, I wouldn't put it past him. Toledo and Ohio. See, those are the those are the ones that I thought were good. Why is Buffalo playing this weekend? Is it a makeup? I don't freaking know. Yeah, no, Toledo and Ohio is the game. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That, that makes ma- way more sense. Okay, why is Akron in What the hell? Okay. There was somebody yelling at their uh, cell phone there. Oof. Ohio's actually been really good since they got destroyed yeah. by Iowa State. Yep, Ohio yep. minus three. Uh, Toledo minus one and a half. Ooh. Uh, the Sun Belt. Coastal Carolina and Troy. Uh... Coastal minus three. <laughs> Troy eight and a half. Oh my god! I am not in. I'm not in lockstep with the Sun Belt. The American, Central Florida, and my Green Wave from Tulane. UCF four. Tulane three and a half. Oh my gosh! I am way off. This is the worst performance ever. The Mountain West, Fresno State, and Boise. Jeez. Pick them. Three Boise. Yeah. LSU and Georgia for the SEC. Oh, my gosh. Georgia, 10 and a half. 17 and a half. Is it really? I would play LSU. I think that seems like a lot. Especially after that yeah, loss. I, I mean, don't, you got their attention. I don't like that at all. I mean, I know Georgia's the best team, but that's let's not get carried away. ACC, Clemson, North Carolina. Yikes. This thing lost some luster. Um, Clemson, 10. Seven and a half. 
That's a I'll give you that. Dabo's getting pretty sensitive. He's getting fan a, little, base. a little snippy for making twelve million a year. All right, finally uh, the game of the week: Purdue and Michigan. <laughs> These conference championship games are so stupid. Michigan fifteen. Sixteen and a half. You're pretty close. Kind of a kind of a bummer of a championship weekend. Yeah, it all gets interesting if USC loses, but Yeah. It, that's true. Think about how dumb it is. That like Ohio State is essentially getting rewarded by not having to play. Absolutely they are. Are they gonna back their way in? I mean if USC would lose or TCU would lose, they would be in, wouldn't they? The TCU thing pisses me off because they... That's going to be a... Yeah, I mean, you're probably right. Like, how dumb is it that Michigan beat Ohio State and now it's like, oh, well, now you have to go and play and... Do conference championship... Well, that's a dumb question. The, say, we do, don't, the freaking committee changes their yeah. mind on these things every I say, do conference championships go away with a new playoff, but then again... No, because they need Actually, to determine who's the champion. They're more going to be like playing games. By the way, before we go, did you see your Rose Bowl was causing issues again? Oh, God. What did they do? They are refusing to give up their bowl game and uh, may actually push the playoff back to 2026. They, they met Monday. The Rose Bowl requested guarantees around playoff expansion. They gave them two of the three semifinals so two semifinals in three years. Otherwise, they weren't uh, they weren't going to play nice. At what point do we just put the Rose Bowl out the pasture? I'm for it. What do we do? I mean, they're These literally arrogant old men. They are they are preventing Progress. college football from making literally billions of dollars out of an ego trip. Yeah, I hate that game. So they, they, they will not give up their window. The problem is that they've got the exclusive window on January 1st. Yeah. And they refuse to give it up unless they get two of the three semifinals. And so the playoff pick committee is like, go fly a kite. But then again, they they could just not agree. And then you're hosed until 2026, potentially. I don't know. know. It's stupid. All right, brother. Go USA. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this thing up and we're gonna go watch a little uh, football. Football, right now, boy. I mean, you got everything you want and storylines between I freak I freaking ran and and the United States. Winner goes on. on. Oh my goodness! Could you? I mean, the only thing better would be Russia right now. (laughs) Crazy. God, could you imagine that? I'm glad Russia's not. I feel involved. bad for these Iranian players. Yeah, like, let's it, talk about tough spot. I can't even hate them because I don't think that I'd they. I, I don't hate them. No. But what? Talk about pressure. Ooh. Jesus. Ooh. All right. Good pod. Thanks Later. for listening, everybody.